You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 176 with Tim Robertson, David Cohen, and the overuse of technology in VMworld. Check it out. Tech Fan Podcast number 176. I am Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Is it 176 or 179 now? 176. Yeah, it should be 179 as many times as we've had to start and stop this. Uh, <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been fun. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, we're having problems with Wi-Fi. We've been trying for about a half hour and not having a whole lot of luck, so... Yeah. Uh, the next time we have problems, David, I'm going to reboot my system and see if that helps. Okay, sure. Be- because I was noticing that websites are not loading real fast for me right now. Oh. So maybe the problem isn't your hotel Wi-Fi. Maybe it's on my end. Maybe. Maybe. So, David, uh, this is the 176th episode. Last week, the 175th, I had Owen Rubin on the show. And Special. we wanted to... Uh, I really enjoy talking to Owen, obviously, and I know yeah. you do as well. He is our go-to co-host, uh, fill-in co-host, when one of us can't be here, uh, or when one of us doesn't feel like doing a solo show, because we've both done that as well in the past. But I, and it's I, and don't want to make it sound like he's just like a standby in the. No, he's no, a, he's a great co-host. No, I consider him one of the co-hosts for the Tech Fan Podcast at this point. Yeah, he is kind of the on-call emergency break when <laughs> break the glass when there's a fire yeah. um and no uh, but I, you know he had a personal loss the day after we recorded that episode and uh you know david and i are both thinking about owen and uh you know yep. we just wanted to send out those positive vibes his way because it's, it's not an easy yeah. thing that's going on right there with his family and uh yeah we're thinking of you buddy absolutely so you are in san francisco this week I am. I'm here for VMworld, which I, uh, I've been coming to for about four or five years now. So it's a big um, industry tech conference, very much fo- focused on uh, enterprise computing, the data centers. It used to be in Las Vegas. It, it did, but it got too big for Las Vegas. We, uh, we're, they, I think this year they said it was about 22,500 people here. So that's apparently too big for Las Vegas. To well, it's, so. it's too big for where they were at in Las Vegas, and they couldn't get the whole city behind it because CES is about 10 times the size of VMware world. Yeah. And it's still in Las Vegas, but it literally I, takes over the whole city. I think that was the problem is they wanted it all to be on one site. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was a pain moving around Las Vegas. It always is. Yeah. Whereas uh, here at, at the Moscone Center, everything is within walking distance. And um, there's plenty of hotels around there as well. So it's pretty good for people. Um, I've not managed to stay as close as I normally do. I've stayed at that place. We've stayed at before the Mossa yeah. in previous years, which is is just two blocks up from the convention center. It's really great. Um, this year, I'm much further away. I'm, I'm up in North Beach. Mm. So it's like a 20-minute walk. Uh, I checked my Fitbit stats last night. Uh, normally, I'm struggling to break about six, 7,000 steps a day because I have a pretty sedentary job. Um, and uh, this, way this, over. Week, <laughs> this week, in four days, I've done 75,000 steps. Wow. 
that's, yeah, that's so the difference. I'm, uh, I'm definitely putting the shoe leather in. But it's been good. San Francisco's a lovely city. Um, it's very colorful. Uh, it feels pretty safe most of the time. There's plenty of public transport, lots of things to do. The weather's been fabulous this week. I've had a lot of fun, you know. That's awesome. I'm glad. Yeah. So what's but, going on with VMworld? I mean, it's... Yeah, well, this, it's worth coming all the way out here for it because it's such a big show. Because virtualization is is not only big in the um, on the end user side with uh, Fusion and Workstation, and then this new thing they do now called VDI, where you can effectively run a remote computer from a data center, um, which is great for people who need to upgrade from Windows XP and stuff like that. Um, you know, they, they most of the corporate infrastructure in in the Western world runs on these virtual servers that run in software inside data centers. So instead of having you have racks of servers, but instead of having one server per application or one server per web website, something or like one that. server per machine, per exactly. physical yeah. server. When people think yeah. of a server, they think of, well, the, it's a blade and this yeah. big, yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Well, I mean, it is, talking, but. Yeah, we're talking about those, but the thing is that one of those blades will probably run 50, 60 actual individual servers as virtual machines. And those. The software analyst has no idea that it's running as, a, as effectively a software instance. Uh, and, and this is kind of a really big trend in the industry. Pretty much everyone's doing this now. If you use um, Microsoft Azure or um, Amazon Web Services, you're, you're using the same type of technology. Um, so this is kind of a big thing. So it's great for me because I work in corporate IT because I can find out not only about virtualization, but I can also, all the big server vendors are here, the big storage vendors are here. I can find a lot of information in a pretty short piece of time. So uh, it's, it's a great way of me, it's a great way for me to spend a week, even though it's a long way to come. It is a long ways to come, but I mean, you get a lot out of it. And it is, you know, I, I don't want to pretend that we haven't already had this conversation because we have, we just had problems with the Wi-Fi yeah. connection. But it is the wave of the future. It's the machines that we're using now, we're going to hit kind of the top end of what we can really do with the processor. So you're going to see a lot more parallel processing in computers, and that's going to be the, kind of the wave of the future when it comes to speed increases, at least until we get the, the true quantum computers. And as they start adding in more and more uh, Absolutely. Cores, and, and, of course, the, the, re, the reality... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah the, the reality is is that as, as I think you were just about to say, as they have more cores, these computers sat around doing nothing. Nothing at all. At the time. Right. They're just waiting for us to do something. Most of the so, stuff that you're doing on your home computer with, you know, multiple cores, I'm talking 50, 60 cores, you could do almost everything you're doing right now on one core. <laughs> so what do uh, all these other cores do that's just kind of sitting idle? And, and you can see that. If you run a copy of VMware Fusion on your Mac, you can run three, four different copies of Windows yep. all at the same time, and your Mac won't break a sweat. It's absolutely fine. The big problem is actually more memory than processor speed. Uh, that's That tends to be... In hard drive strength. speed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, but, if you're running VMs on an SSD with like 16 gig of RAM, wow. Now, yeah. now multiply that by 100, and that's where we'll be in five years' time. And I was at a I was at a session yesterday where, uh, and this kind of shows where the industry is going. Where a guy from, uh, put his, he said, everyone knew all five hundred people in the room. Said, um, who's got any sort of device with them here at, at VMworld this year? And of course, most most people put their hands up. And uh, he said, right, okay, how many of you how many of you are running off a spinning disk? And there was like three 
four hands up, went up in a room of 500, because most of us have tablets, to be mm-hmm. honest. And he said, and here's the thing. He said, your end users are used to running off flash. Yep. He says, the data center needs to perform like it's running off flash. And in fact, the data center most of the time nowadays will be running off flash. I mean, that's the way the storage is going in the data centers. Um, so he said, that's the kind of instant performance that people expect. And the, one of the easiest ways to deliver that to people is everything because then you take the hardware out of the equation yep. and i think you'll find that over the next few years uh, more and more you, you won't realize this because you won't know what's going on underneath the machine and inside the it'll machine be transparent to the end user yeah. but you'll find that macs and wind and pcs and ipads and tab all the other tablets and everything start virtualizing the stuff you actually use um, into into what's called a hypervisor, virtualized layers, which if we means you can do multiple things. You can operate these things more efficiently, and, and everybody wants they want speed, they want power, but also they want uh, low battery, uh, high battery life, and so you're going to see that. And if you look at some one that is running three, four virtual machines right today, and nobody knows it. What is the the, the Xbox One? Right. It's running on it's running on virtual machines. The the game engine is a virtual machine. The uh, interface, the menu system, is a virtual machine. The Connect subsystem is a virtual machine, and then the stuff that does all your TV is a separate virtual machine. Yep. And that's how it can switch switch so quickly between those four different modes is because they're actually all running at the same time uh, as separate instances inside inside the Xbox. And of course, you as a user have no idea that that's what it's doing, but it allows Microsoft to change things very easily to make sure that they've got good control between those things uh, and also make sure they're sandboxed so they've got better security. So you, you will definitely stability. See, yeah, it, absolutely. If something goes down, it's not going to take anything else down right. because it's just going to affect that machine and you can reboot it in the background while uh, the rest of the system runs fine. Yep. So David, uh, we got a lot of show notes I wanted to get into, but um, one of the things that I thought was really fun I had been talking about arcade machines here and video games since we pretty much started TechFan. And yeah. between the last time we talked and now, I actually purchased um, a headless, I should say. In other words, it doesn't come with a, a screen. Yeah. Um, but for all intents and purposes, it's an arcade machine. Wow. But it's a MAME. And some okay. people may not know what MAME is. It's 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 virtualized software. and Yeah. It's a PC, unfortunately, but there's no good memes for the Mac, so it is what it is. And technically, it's a uh, maybe two or three year old Samsung laptop that doesn't have a screen. In fact, mm-hmm. it doesn't even have a keyboard that's been ripped off too. And it's running Windows 8, and I've got that connected to my television, my 42 inch TV in the office, where all my video game systems go. And it's got the uh, X Arcade Tank controller on the actual arcade itself mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool but boy main and not necessarily main but the front ends that you can use to switch between the different emulation softwares it all just sucks it's just terrible <laughs> look it's all been written open source and or or and- not necessarily open source man but it's one guy yeah, that one, but the, yeah, that's the thing. But these guys are experts in emulating arcade hardware. They're not experts in writing user interfaces. Yeah, the problem so. is <laughs> I, it worked perfect when I first got it, but then I wanted to change what one button did so it would bring up my favorite games rather than scrolling through literally thousands of different games. 
I would hit this, it would bring up a list of my favorite games, the ones that I play most of the time. So I made that change, very simple change in the preference file, and it screwed everything up, and I haven't got it back working correctly yet. Nah, this not is happy. Tinkering is is kind of part of the fun of this, though. Yeah, well, no, I'm not having a lot of fun because I just I just yeah. want to play Burger Time, man. And yeah, I got everything but, back where it was. I thought I had it under control, and now I can't control anything on screen with the with the joystick. So, I it, it would probably be easier if I could spend four or five hours straight doing it, but I just haven't had the time. Yeah, and that's a big time investment for it is. Uh, old arcade games. Well, I tell you what, my kids, from what they've been able to play, we've got maybe two days of play out of it before I screw things up. Mm-hmm. Um, they really like the multiplayer games that they can play together. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because this control stick, it's a it's a big thing, and it has it's for two players. It's got the same buttons on both sides of the arcade machine. Right. So they're playing like The Simpsons, where one's Marge and one's Homer, and they just yeah. it's a side scrolling. They beat up. Uh, when you die, you got to put another quarter in to keep going. But of course, it's there's no quarters. You just hit the yeah. button for one player, and you've got infinite lives. So they literally beat the entire Simpsons arcade game in an hour just by those, dropping another quarter in, which is just I a love, button push. I love those games. Though the uh, there was the X Men one, there was there, yep. uh, there was the Turtles one, there was the Simpsons one. Yep, uh, those are the three that I remember, and I always thought they were they were great fun. I've got all three, and they. They work great. Well, once I get things set up again, yeah. I, I'm trying another uh, front end that's more popular and it looks easier to use as far as setting stuff up. And I've got it working perfectly, except every time I try to launch a game, it says, oh, this file's missing, but the file is there. So I still have to play with that one. Um, but it's it's cool. I like it a lot. Uh, you know, you're really supposed to build your own main machine. And that has always been my goal. But Here's the thing. Here's how I got this. Uh, I've got this little alert that I go into Craigslist probably once every two or three days and just do a local search for arcade. Mm-hmm. And the people that are selling arcade machines around me anyways think they're made out of gold or something because they're way too yeah. expensive. Well, I come across this one, and I think I actually sent you the link, but I don't yeah. remember. And uh, this guy wanted $700 for this main machine, but he was open to trades. Mm-hmm. So in a lark, I sent him, hey, you know, I, I don't have 700 bucks, but, you know, what kind of things are you looking for? And he sent back a list. Long story short, I traded him my Nexus 7, which mm-hmm. I never used. It just sat there. Yeah. And it was the original one. And that's the one that I had told you in the past on this show that yes. was starting to slow down. Uh-huh. So yeah. I traded him that and my HP touchpad, which I just literally was a dust collector, did absolutely nothing. Yeah. So I traded him those two things that I got this. I think I got the better end of the deal. He actually uh, works for HP, so he was happy to get a touchpad. Yeah. Okay. But so well, uh, you know, it's for the price, two two pieces of technology I was not using. Uh, if he would have said the Kindle Fire two, I would have said no because I actually do use the Kindle Fire occasionally. So do the kids. But those other two tablets were just sitting there doing nothing. And quite honestly, David. I know there's going to be new iPod Touch or uh, I'm sorry, iPads coming out soon. I'm at the point now where I want to buy a new iPad because my iPad 3 isn't compatible with some games now. Yeah. Like the new uh, BioShock that just came out. Yeah. But yeah. it's also not compatible with some of the uh, controllers like the Steel series stuff. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. No, it's you got to have oh. the newer USB or the new uh, 
Bluetooth, which my iPad doesn't have. I got uh-huh. an iP- I got a controller to test for review, and I can't use a darn thing. I can with my iPhone 5S, but the screen's uh-huh. just too small. I, I'm not going to yeah. use a, a, a controller to play something on a four and a half inch screen. That's that's ludicrous to me. So it's I'm kind of stuck. Yeah, that still seems it's not large, but it is larger than an iPhone 5. Right. Oh, but <laughs> what I wanted to get to though is because of my enjoyment of arcades. Yeah. I belong to a couple different MAME and cabinet building groups on Facebook. And this one guy had been posting stuff, and I asked him, hey, where are you picking up all these main, these uh, ROMs and stuff like that? And he, he, from my posts earlier, he knew that I'm kind of new to the scene. Even though I'm not really new, new to the scene, I'm new to actually doing something about it. He is in the UK, and he is sending me a uh, flash drive. That's just completely loaded with stuff. I mean, wow. just loaded. His name's Paul Spriggs. And I said, dude, I really appreciate that. You know, I'll, I'll PayPal you some money for, you know, the disc and, or the, you know, the thumb drive and the postage because it's coming from the UK. And he was like, nope, don't worry about it. This is on me. He's, he, he feels he's the ambassador to MAME. And I was cool. just like, what? And I said, dude, I'm going to give you a shout out on the next tech fan. And so Definitely. this is the, thanks a lot, Paul. I really do yeah. appreciate it. Uh, it's going to a home that will take advantage of it. Trust me, it's well, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, now, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that when we were talking about doing this on the Raspberry Pi, that I was going to have a go at it. So um, that's something I'm definitely going to try and get done before Christmas because I really want to do the same thing. I want to have a machine in the living room with a separate TV on it that the kids can play classic arcade games on. Yeah, they're fun. Um, so, yeah, def- definitely, definitely want to do it. I, I must figure out what I'm doing about controller, though. Um, I like the X arcade stuff, but there's this kind of, I've noticed on some of the groups that I belong to, if you buy the X arcade type of thing, the pre-built, they're like, oh, why do you bought a pre-made one? Blah, 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 blah. You should build your own. Blah. It's a lot cheaper. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know what? Some people don't have time to spend days and days of building this thing. Number one, I'm not a carpenter. And number two, yeah. I don't feel like soldering a bunch of buttons. Why can't I just buy this thing that's already done, has USB, it's ready to go. It's literally plug and play. And and uh, does, does the, the controls feel good on that? They feel like... Oh, the they feel fantastic. Thing. They feel better than the arcade. Very tight, I, very quality buttons. I, I sent you that link, uh, that picture this week of the... Um, they have a, a VMware, they have Alcat, what they call the hang space, where you can go and sit down, there's charging points, all that sort of thing. Yeah, and David's text was, how am I supposed to get any work done now? <laughs> they, had, they had arcade games in there on free play. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I, now, now I, I, I'm particularly... They had um, uh, Space Invaders, Galaxia, uh, Galaga, and Asteroids... In, in there and, and I particularly like asteroids I always really liked asteroids but I when I was playing the, the machine I sent you the picture of wasn't so good because the buttons had I mean the thing is what 30 years old uh, it's cut it's cut yeah, it since at slack. least yeah 1979 was the copyright notice on the game um so the buttons kind of had gone and they they, they worked but sometimes they didn't engage and you could yeah. kind of feel with those micro switch buttons you, you can feel if they're not right and on that particular cabinet they weren't right they had another one in there that was much much better but of course more people figured that out and so there was always along the line to play that sure one. of course um, 
Yeah, and, and actually, I mean, it definitely was. I was getting much, far better scores on the one with the button buttons. So it, it's important to get that right. And the problem with, like, if I was to build myself something like that is that it wouldn't work right because I can't solve that. Yeah, I really can't. I. I, that's you not know? my thing. So, so what's the point of having good quality control hardware if you're then going to mess up the electrics to actually get it working? Mm-hmm. But you want to play the games, you, you need to have somebody who knows what they're doing. Absolutely. And I know that you could pick this, the one I have up for 200 bucks, mm. And that, that's, that is expensive. I'll give you that. Yeah. But what I'm seeing people do is they actually will pick one of these up, these X-Arcades, mm-hmm. and they will cut into it and put the actual PC or the Raspberry Pi inside of it itself. Yeah. So then you you have this big box, yes, but... You don't have to have an actual arcade. You can put it on your table and just run your TV to HDMI, and boom, there you go. Yeah. That's, and, that's uh, what, I'm thinking about doing that eventually, but uh, yeah, number one, I just want to get the damn thing working. I got to get uh, better at the software aspects of it because it's just, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, whether it's Windows is so crappy that it just keeps messing things up or whether it's this software itself, these front ends that just, they're just bad. Just bad pieces of software. And I actually posted that in one of the group. And you would not believe the responses. People going, oh, yeah, it's just terrible. And one guy saying, well, I'm using uh, Hyperspin, which seems to be the most popular. And I downloaded it. That's the new one that I was saying I was trying to get going. Yeah. Uh, I, but it took me uh, a couple months to really get the hang of Hyperspin and get everything set right. And I thought, what piece of software would Mac users ever put up with that took a couple of months to get the hang of it? before it works right that's ridiculous uh, but I, I think this is this you know you encounter this a lot in the in the it industry and, and in computing in general is that the there are some people who who they think if you're not hacking away a command line and you don't know arcane rituals to get stuff working then it's not real computing right and they look they look down on simplified user interfaces and it just works and all that sort of thing it's like well well, it's good, but, but the thing is, you, know, you look at the world and you think, well, yeah, but cars used to be like that. And now 99% of the world get in their Honda, turn the key, and the thing starts every time. <laughs> but there is there is a point, though, that we kind of overuse technology, David. Well, well, yeah, there is. And, and I think if it democratizes something, if it makes it easier, if, you, if it means you don't need to be a specialist just to get stuff done. I'm, I'm all for that. I don't have a problem with that, and I think that's very much the Apple way. And to be fair to the other uh, big names in the IT industry, I think it's very much the Google way and the Windows way and yeah. all of that sort of thing. But then and you come every- to the to the auto flushing toilets, <laughs> which don't work yeah. half the time. How many times have you sat on a toilet and then it just flushes in the middle, and you're just like, "Excuse me, hey." Well, I, I was very strong. I'm- because I, because I travel out here for for this conference, I'm very struck by these sorts of differences. Um, and yeah, Moscone Center is full of these things. And also, uh, also as well, I think you know, bizarre stuff like a hand paper dispenser that you have to wave your hand in front of, and then it automatically feeds out a sheet of, of which uh, is always too small, hands. and you have to what? wave your hand in front of it three times. But the point as well is you still have to grab the piece of thing and rip it off. And right. at that point, you think, well, what? So what was the sensor in the electric motor doing for me? It was saving me from pulling it out. 
Right. But I'm starting to rip it off. And of course, then, yeah, like you say, it's spitting paper out. And um, it, it, the, the ones here in Moscone, the, 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 the sink tops are always wet from people who splash water. And so what happens is they're mounted so low that you wave your hand in front of it and it immediately spits out a piece of paper that touches the sink top and gets wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, you couple that with... I, I, and that's if it works, though, David, because half the time oh. you're waving your hand like a madman and nothing is spitting out. You're like, give me a piece of paper. Yeah, and and the 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 um, the, the sinks are like that as well. They have sensors for the water flow. Yep. Because let's face it, all of us it, it, we we'd all we'd all die of thirst if we didn't have those. <laughs> if we yeah. didn't have, we couldn't figure out a way to get the tap to work. Like maybe just turning a, a handle. <laughs> Yeah, but we've all been into that public bathroom where someone has jammed water or jammed some kind of a paper thing in the drain and left the water on and water spilling over the side. We've all seen that, but that's the rarity. Yeah, that's but that exactly. That the point is, all of these solutions are technology solving a problem that doesn't really exist. Right. We all know how to flush a toilet. Yeah. How about those? How about the hand dryers that? that are basically a jet turbine. You remember the old ones where you just push this button and some warm air would blow out and you stand there for 15, 20 seconds, drying your hands, and then you're good to go. Now the new ones are auto-sensing. You put your hand in there and you can see the skin moving around on your hand that's completely bone dry and you have to actually put moisture on your hand afterwards because it's blown all the oil off of your hand. It's so powerful. And yeah, and you just and your ears are now ringing for ten minutes afterwards because this jet and, engine was just blowing and, in this enclosed space. And the bathroom is like ninety degrees because it's putting hundred mile an hour high speed hot air um, things into the atmosphere right. all the time. It, it's just it. And instead it, of having two or three hand dryers, they not well. It's just one now because it costs so <laughs> much more. And so there's a line to dry your hands. By the time you get up there, your hands half dry anyways. And, and but of course, what happens then to mitigate that? They then put a paper towel dispenser next to it yeah. for people who don't want to wait. <laughs> and so you still end up with a great big pile of wet paper on the floor from people who can't hit the bin prop. It's just all this stuff, and you look at it and you think, who paid for this? Right. Somebody's who, a good salesman. Who? Yeah. Who decided that all this technology in the toilet industry? <laughs> this is just right. a good example. Yeah. Is 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 necessary? And what are they? What are they expecting to save? I'm struck by this here. Moscone is full of these things, and every single bathroom in there is different. They all have different ones in, yeah. So clearly, they're not happy with the ones they've had, and they've tried changing them up. And you just kind of think, at one point, does somebody not say, "Let's just stop buying all this rubbish, installing it," particularly in California, which is. And we lost David there in the on middle Skype of the worst drought ever, and yeah. Yeah, we're in California. Right. It's in the middle of the worst drought ever. Water is always at a premium here. And you can imagine them saying, oh, these automatic self-flushing toilets will save water. They'll only flush when they need to and everything. They don't because they don't work properly. No. Nope. Here in a city where every single bin is marked up for recycling, um, they're constantly doing all these environmental initiatives. And yet they've stuffed these public buildings with things that just don't work, cost a lot more money. And our technology looking for a problem. Yeah, it's it's feel good solutions to not real problems, or not, course, or, or solutions that really weren't thought out very well. Yeah, and and of course they they put them in the bathrooms, and then the only guys who see they don't work are the minimum wage janitors who clean up those places. Yeah. So so of course nobody ever listens. I'm sure they're saying these things are rubbish that you should get rid of them. You should. But nobody course, listens to them. Nobody listens to those guys. No. They only no. they only work their boots on the ground. 
Let's take a quick break, David, and uh, we've got a little bit more to talk about, so we'll be right back. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network. Won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting, and I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac, M-Y-M-A-C, dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for prime time. Back here on Tech Fan Podcast number 176. Uh, we do want to remind you we love your feedback. Simply go to techfanpodcast.com and leave a comment there, and we will read them here on the show. Or send an email. You could send it to either Tim at techfanpodcast or David at techfanpodcast. And uh, we it means a lot to us, guys. It really does. It, yeah. it helps us produce the show. It, it reminds us that people are actually listening. Um, and good or po- good feedback is always great. Bad feedback is also yeah, I don't want to say bad, bad. I mean, negative feedback. That's fine, too. I mean, we do want to hear yeah. from you guys. We really do value your input to the show. So Absolutely. if you could make a concerted effort to send feedback, we would really appreciate it. And, of course, I do want to remind you, I do another show for my day job, and that is OWC Radio. That's for Other World Computing, which is at MacSales.com. That is a weekly show, just like TechFan is. Uh, I focus a lot on interviews. In fact, David... Uh, old friend of ours we had on this episode that came out this week, episode 12, and that was Kevin Reeves, who actually did just, the theme music to this podcast. He did, and and I just listened to that show last night, and um, it was a great show. He's a, he's a really interesting guy, has a lot of very good perspectives on the music industry and using um, using music for uh, using computers for generating music. It was really, really good. Thanks. And, and, I appreciate that. And, and, and he is a good and, guy. Yeah, and also some great tunes you're putting in the end there. Yeah, you know what I realized? Because I had to capture that music, yeah. and I didn't realize that it was going to play another song. The first song that it captured was only like two minutes long. Yeah. And I walked away from my computer as I was getting that song, and when I came back, it was still playing, so I just let it go. I didn't realize it was actually two songs, <laughs> but that's okay. He didn't say anything bad about it. So uh, if you listen to that episode, episode 12 of OWC Radio 2.0, you get to hear two songs from Kevin Reeves at the very end of the show. And I mentioned this um, because I, I realized after recording the the interview and I was getting ready to sit down and do the intro part of it a week later, I never even mentioned the fact that he's completely blind. Oh. And I, it, maybe that's a good thing that it didn't even occur to me. You know what I mean? I, you know what? I think, I think it is. I think we need to spend less time worrying about... Um, Obviously, if if you're in that situation, you have extra challenges to overcome, and right. clearly he's clearly he's done that. But it's not it, in some respects, it's not in nowadays. I mean, we should be more colorblind, more ability blind, uh, and just really talk about what people right. do. You should be and, commended for what you've done, not because of the things that you had to overcome to do it. I mean, there's a yeah. place to you know, say, Hey, this is awesome because of this, because you're blind, because you're deaf, because you have no arms. But at some point that becomes less important. And what's more important is the actual achievement itself, because that's where they put the effort. 
into making this music or a game program or whatever it is. That's I, you know, I want to focus on that, that achievement, Absolutely. because that's what they're proud of. Not the and, fact and, that they're blind and did that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Kevin wants to hear that people like his music. He right. doesn't want, he doesn't want people giving him more of a pass because he did it while he, while he couldn't see. Right. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, that, that to me, and, and so I thought, I actually thought the fact that it wasn't even mentioned was a good thing. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, of course we've, we've mentioned it now. Right. But we mentioned it in a way that's not, you yeah. know, but it's not like, it's not like, Oh, look, look what they, look what the, uh, disabled handicapped person managed to do. That's, that's not nice. I think you'll like the next one too, David. It's an interview I did this week that's coming out on the next OWC radio. And it's with a, um, you know what? I'm not even going to give it away. It's a real, so far, I didn't know this person at all. Number one, uh, which is rare for me when it comes to doing interviews with people, but, uh, it, it just, he, he did this short film. It's about a half hour. And I was just blown away by this movie. I mean, it was so good. And, uh, we talk about it extensively on the show. So I think you'll really like the sure. next one. Uh, let's get back to tech fan though. Let's uh, stop, you know, giving free advertising to my day job. Although <laughs> honestly, you know, I don't do it because it's my day job giving, you know, talking about it. It's because if you like tech fan, you're probably going to like this other show. Yeah. And I'm proud of this other show. I created it from the ground up back in 2009, relaunching it in 2014 was important to me. It felt like, you know, unfinished business and uh and i became an employee of owbc a company that i really respected so when i talk about it it's not just to to for promotional reasons or advertising reasons or anything like that it's because i'm really proud of it and i want people to hear it cool um you've got the steel series stratus controller for yeah. ios which we mentioned uh we mentioned you mentioned before you've not been able to to review because your ipad so yeah. i i've been after one of these for a while and so i thought while i was while I was here in the States, I would pick one up. It's a little bit cheaper for me. Um, and so I've had a little bit of time with it, not a huge amount of time this week. But uh, I've given it I've given it a bit of a workout so far, and I'm pretty happy with it, I've got to be honest. Um, as a device itself, it's interesting. It's very small. Much, it's probably about um, a third of the size, maybe a third to a half the size of a, an Xbox controller. And um, so if you have big hands, you might struggle a, a little bit with this. I think the reason they made it small is they're expecting people to use it while they're traveling. Um, and so they've kind of made it a size so it will, it will slip into your pocket uh, alongside your that's iPhone. A, that's a lot of, uh, what was that, a fire that's truck? A, or? It's a fire truck, yeah. Yeah, that was loud. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they're in a hurry. Um, I hope so. so. <laughs> <laughs> we, we want them to be in a hurry. You know, oh, I tell you, yeah. I don't know what it's like in the UK, but there's there's days that I see fire trucks and and ambulances and police with the lights blaring and the siren going, and people won't get out of the way, and it just man that ticks me off. I think you yeah. know what, buddy, you and it's always guys, by the way. It's women yeah. always get out of the way. I know that's a sexist comment, but it's true. Um, yeah. You know, buddy, how do you know that's not your mother that they're going to save? Mm-hmm. And, exactly. and your stupidity is causing them to get there late now. It never cool. is, but that's what that's yeah. that's what I think. It's someone's it's, it's, mom, it's someone's dad, it's someone's yeah. child. I'm getting out of the way so they can get there. People, it's something in the UK. People are pretty good. Um, they are for I the guess. most part here. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to make it sound like this is an everyday occurrence, but I do see it. Yeah. People, are, some people are jerks. What can you do? <laughs> uh, so. So you like the Steel Series? It works good. 
I, I do. I'd, I'd say it's a little bit expensive. I agree. It's, um, it's $80. Yeah, I think these kind of controllers should be around 30 bucks. to be honest. Yeah, I think maybe even even maybe even they were listed at fifty, and with with a bit of Amazon discount or something, I could probably live with it. Um, the the uh, the build quality it doesn't feel like an eighty dollar device. It's not easily built by any stretch of the imagination. It it feels pretty much okay, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as good as an Xbox controller. Put it that way. Right. Uh, and an Xbox controller is cheaper, so um, that is. That is a kind of thing, but there's a lot of talk on the on the internet about whether it's Apple's licensing fees that are driving the cost of these up or what. I I don't know. Also, I'm not going to. I'm not. But at say the end of the day, as a consumer, it's your it's as your eighty dollars coming out yeah. of your pocket. Eighty dollars, and you know, it. I was prepared to pay that for what it allows me to do, but um, it doesn't feel quite like an eighty dollar device. But having said that, what it does, it does pretty well. Um, no it, lag. Not, not at all. That is well, the one thing they've got absolutely right. It feels like you are directly connected, um, and that is pretty good. The uh, The real issue I have with the whole MFI system is not the controller. Um, the, con- oh, the controller is, it, I mean, it's doomed with buttons. It has so many buttons on it. Right. Um, you know, it has two sets of shoulder switches. Um, it For has, such a smaller controller, it's, it's almost too many buttons. So yeah, that's one of the problems with these devices. Is not so much that they have lots of buttons on. I mean, that's for flexibility. <clears throat> they don't know what people are going to do with them. Right. But once you get into your iOS device, most of the games don't really have a very good interface for these things. So well, that's still a new thing. It's it's only been around for about a year, if that. Yeah, um, but really, if it, I think these are things that need to be fixed if they want this to take. Oh, off. I agree. And you know, I I go back to what I've said. On this podcast, on OWC Radio, um, especially an upcoming one that's game-focused on that show, I think Apple's going to make a big big move into the living room with the Apple TV and games. And I think Apple's going to come out with their own controller. And what we've got right now is kind of uh, an intermediate solution. Apple's going to come out with their own solution, and that's going to be the end of it. You'll still see some third-party game controllers, but nobody's going to buy them. It's, go, it's all going to be the Apple stuff. But the, the difficulty is, 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 even from Apple's perspective at the moment, um, if they need to engage with these developers and put a proper interface for controlling, for configuring these things and showing what they do within the game. Because at the moment you kind of, even in most of the games I've tried, even if they do have a, a thing that pops up and says, oh, you, like, we can see you've got an MFI controller or something like that, most of them won't let you configure what the controller does. Right. Most of them don't tell you what button on the controller does what, so you kind of have to figure it out for yourself. Um, some of them don't even tell you that you can use the controller, and you just kind of have to, you know, you you, you move move something on the controller, and all of a sudden, oh, I didn't realize the game had MFI support. But there's, there's only no, so much Apple can do. That's more the developers than anything else. Well, yeah, but the one thing Apple could do, which they don't do, police it which i found really frustrating i've got 128 gig ipad and it's full of full of apps and many of those apps are games i could not find which of the games i have have mfi support in there's nowhere to find it it's not marked on the app store you basically have to go through the description of the games and see if they mention it somewhere and i found some games that didn't mention it and still supported the thing <laughs> you know yeah and there are third-party websites that try and collate this but they they're not very good they're not complete um, 
some properties, like Grand Theft Auto, for instance, San Andreas has MFI support, but Vice City doesn't. Why yeah, not? It's, it's an older game. They haven't added it's, it in yet. Right, but the, but this is also a problem, is if you want people to embrace this, you need to say to developers, look, if you put it in a later version of a game using the same engine, go back and put it in the old one as well. Well, they may yeah. they may encourage that, but what's the recourse? They, Apple pulls that game if they don't? I mean, well, there's only so much they can do. It, but, it, it, yeah. it really is on the developers. But what they could do is there should be a flag on the App Store. There should be an icon or something that actually shows which games have MFI support, and you should be able to see... It should be a category on the App Store, mm-hmm. so you can see. And and that's not. And you know, even better, Apple could tell you, "Oh, I can see you're using MFI now. Let me tell you all the software you own that supports that." Yeah, and it's just a tag on the software that developers exactly. have to put in. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's all stuff that Apple could do, and yep. they're not doing. And at the moment, this thing is kind of it, it. They're like a stealth thing. It's like nobody knows about it. Yeah, and that's why that's what I go back to when I say I think that this is going to be something big, but it's not going to be big until Apple rolls out an Apple TV because for older people, I think, or those who are really used to consoles, having a third party or, a, or an exterior, an exterior um, game controller is important. But for many people who are used to playing games now on the iPad and the iPhone or the iPod Touch they don't even think about it because there's never been one before. So yeah, it's, but, it's, but you have to have one for the living room. You can't use a flat piece of glass to control on screen character on your television. Cause you'd have to look down at your controller and well, you just died in the game. And, and I also think as well that, um, for, for the app store to become for, for gaming on iOS to become much bigger than it is the type of games you need. Uh, you know, the, the app developers have been pretty good at exploiting touch on, on, um, They've done a fantastic yeah, I, job. Yeah, they have. But the point is, there are there are plenty of types of games. They just don't work well on touch. No. Nope. And if Apple wants uh, to conquer that living room, they exactly. they're going to have to have a game controller, plain and simple. Yeah. And they can't rely on third parties to do it. They just can't because if they do, it it it's dead. You just yeah. killed any chance that you have of of making it big. And then I look at a company like uh, Oya, Oya, who I've got. I've got their controller. I've got their system. The controller's terrible. And I never play the Ouya because of that. Now, I know yeah. I could sync, I think it's a, a PS3 one, to it. But why should I have to? I spent 100 bucks for the game for this game system, and the controller is complete junk. I can, it doesn't work right 70% of the time. Does so, that come with the controller? It does. And it's a terrible controller. It's, it's the uh, biggest... We- if you read yeah. any review... They all blast this controller. It's terrible. Is there a separate third? Is there a separate controller that's better? Because I saw in Target here the other day they had the Ouya and then they had Ouya controllers. But it's separate. from yeah. But it's it's their controller. You can buy multiple it, controllers. It's I the same buy one. an extra one. Yeah, it's still, still it's the terrible. Same one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get off uh, this for a little bit. We've got a few more topics before we wrap up the show. Uh, we're going to come back to iOS gaming here at the end. But uh, you read an article. On Guardians of the Galaxy at Variety, that kind of ticked you <laughs> off. Well, so I saw Guardians of the Galaxy this week while I was out here in San Francisco. What'd you think? I, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I, I really, I thought it was so much. It was so much fun, and and it, that's one of the things I like about the Marvel movies is they take themselves seriously, but only seriously still have some lighter moments in me. But you know, they're they're like the, the comics. Bat- yeah, whereas the, the you know things like the Batman movies and Man of Steel and everything are so they're so um, 
serious and dark and yeah i go back to the joker why so serious <laughs> exactly, yeah um and these these are a lot lighter Gar- garden of the galaxy i thought was amazing they took something that many people have never heard of mm-hmm. and they made a fabulous hero movie out of it yep um it, it was it was as good as anything joss whedon writes mm-hmm. in, in terms of the script it was fun. The characters were engaging. That Actually, Josh it. Wheaton had a lot to do with the script. He, yeah. he worked yeah. with them. Yeah. The, the, the way they um, introduced the characters, they did it in a way that it wasn't really an origin story, and yet you kind of knew who Did you know were. Marvel has said that no more origin stories? Yeah. I like yeah, that. Let's get I, into I, it. I do, too. Yeah. You know, you you immediately hit the ground running in the movie. Um, I. I th- I th- really thought it had some great performances in it. The special effects were great. It was a fabulous movie. It was probably, I would say, it was as good as the Avengers. And the Avengers, in my opinion, is probably one of the best superhero movies. I would I've say ever Avengers number one because I still get goosebumps just thinking about we have an actual Avengers movie. Yeah. It still just blows me away. After that is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so good. You finally get to yeah. see a badass Captain America. Uh, yeah. But it's also a, a political thriller. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really good. And then Guardians of the Galaxy. That's number yeah. three for me. Definitely, yeah. So so it was really really great. Yep. The thing about this variety article, and and the reason I sent it to you is because to me it echoes a lot of the commentary on Apple in the tech press. This article basically said, "Oh, Guardians and Guardians of the Galaxy has been a massive hit. This is why Marvel's now in trouble." Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know and it was like well they pulled it off this time but that just means that they're much more likely to fail in the future right it's and ridiculous they're running, out, they're running out of properties and they can't just keep going to the same well and pulling it off nobody can keep this up and all of this sort of thing and it's just like yeah it's just like they've been saying like this this about apple right since the ipod as soon as the ipod blew up to a big thing it was like there's no way apple can ever top this they're uh, on they're in a death spiral right and, you know, when you look at the Marvel movies, and oh, they're, they're not going to be able to keep this up. Really? Well, they started in, what, 2004 with yeah. Iron Man? And it's been 10 years, and every single one of the Marvel movies has been good. I'm not saying everyone's been great, but every single one of them has been enjoyable. Um, I mean, the, the, the least favorite for most people is, like, the Hulk. The, the, the Hulk yeah. movie wasn't very good. But it was still enjoyable. People had a good yeah. time watching. They got to see the Hulk fight and... And but yet again, another origin stuff. I I like I like the fact that they're getting away from that. I just want to see some fun action. We don't need an origin yeah. story every time. That's my fear about Superman, Batman. They're not going to do another Superman origin. But now, do we get you know a half hour looking at Batman and how he became Batman? Nobody needs that. Nobody. And, and that this movie also is setting up Justice League, so it right. has um, Wonder it Woman, has Aquaman. Wonder Woman some people Aquaman. are saying Flash. Ugh. Yeah. So, so if we get all of their origin stories, oh, it's going to be terrible. Much movie left, right? So, uh, so we'll we'll have to see on that. But, um, but yeah, the Guardians was great. It, it it took something that a lot of people haven't heard of and turned into something that, that lots of people want to go and see. This article was kind of going on. Oh, the plot's complicated. You can't understand what's going on. You no nobody's going to know who the hell Thanos is. And it's like, well. Okay, but the, the whole point of the movie is you don't need to know anything well, about Yeah, and he's he's the ultimate bad guy. Everyone's figured that out because they go, oh, that's that guy from the end of the Avengers movie. Because everyone saw the Avengers. Even the but, set but, was similar. Even if you've not seen the Avengers, or even if you saw the Avengers and you saw the end, end sequence, I thought, I have no idea what that's about right. yet. Um, 
the point about it is, is that in this movie, Thanos is driving the plot, but he's not. You don't need to know anything about him apart from he's a big bad guy everyone's scared of. Yeah. So it, it's irrelevant to know who he is. That right. is it's so much. And it, it sets up future movies. Then yeah, that's this, this, important. So that comment to me immediately said, okay, this is a writer who's looking down his nose at comic book movies. Yep, absolutely. And it's assuming that only comic book geeks can understand what's going on. And right. the whole point, that I thought the whole point that was successful about Guardians of the Galaxy is you didn't need to know anything about the comics to, to, get, to get this movie. Right. You know, and, and you're I'm right, not, there, is, there is a lot of similarities between that and how people write about Apple. Yeah. And it's like, well, just because you don't like Apple products doesn't mean you have to predict that it's going to fail every time because you happen yeah. to be an open source guy or they didn't come out with a product that you predicted using nothing but a, a crystal ball oh well they're going to fail because they didn't come out with the iWatch this time this is the end this is this is where the downward spiral of apple begins uh, yeah. and just because ordinary people like it that doesn't automatically make it bad or make them shit well, that's the tech press a lot of the tech press will do that the tech press doesn't seem to like apple very much but then you'll see I don't know. I think that's starting to change, too, because I just saw this thing with The Verge. What's the best tablets? And I thought, oh, here we go. Number one was the iPad. Number two was the iPad Mini. And I was like, wow, well, they got it right, because there is no other tablets that's worth anything. Yeah, I, I, I've been struck by that this week. Obviously, this is a very high concentration of IT people here. Um, and I can count on pretty much everybody I've seen has either a tablet or a laptop very much the majority of tablets and the majority of those by a, a long stretch is iPads. I can count I probably saw maybe five people with, with Android devices. Uh, I think the only windows surface tablet I saw was mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and, and the laptops as well. Most of the people with laptops are, are using MacBooks. Yeah. Um, it's just the so. way it is nowadays. They, they're making great products. Uh, you sent me a link also to, uh, there's three things I want to talk about. We got to hurry. We've got about 10 minutes before my young children come back in the house, David, uh, Xbox gold came out with, um, their September. This is what we're giving away this, this (laughs) month. And Um, there's a really good Xbox 360 for free. That's a halo elite uh, Halo Halo reach. And I thought, Oh, cool. I've been wanting that. And I was getting ready to fire up my Xbox to download it. And I realized, wait a minute, I looked over on my shelf and I already owned it. I was like, oh, darn it. <laughs> but that's, Reach. that's... Reach is a great game. It is. I, and I yeah. have played it. I just... Yeah. It, it kind of it kind of came out at a time where I was doing other games. So I'll get back to it well, eventually. But I think your point was, it looks pretty yeah. good if you're an Xbox 360 user, but if you're an Xbox One, mm, uh, you're getting you're getting a launch title that was actually was available launch month, last month. It's a, some variation of Panzer Dragoon, which was an old Sega game. Yep. So it's kind of flying around the dragon. It, it's not a great game. It's definitely not a triple A title. It's one of those kind of filler titles they always have at launch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, to make the um, the lineup look bigger, look bigger and better than it is. But it's certainly not a triple A title, and 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 also carried over from last month i don't remember them saying that when they uh, well i think part of the problem is it is number one it's a brand new console uh number two they have to get permission from the game developers to give their game away because even though they're giving it away they're giving money to the developers to do so um but there's just not a huge library of titles for either the ps4 or the xbox one yet it's just some it's such a new console and it takes so long for games get developed for it that I, I give them and I give the PlayStation Network a pass on this, David, because it's such a new console. Well, 
Well, uh, the, I, I think the point I was trying to come to is is it, I recognise all of that, but in that case, why ask why ask people to pay money for this service? Yeah, there is that, and <laughs> I, quite honestly, I you know I'm already a gold member because of the 360, and once I get an Xbox One, it transfers. I, I'm it's right. it's you know it's Xbox Live. I'm a gold member, so I'll get the benefits there too. But if I wasn't already a gold member and I didn't have a 360, and the Xbox One was the first one. There's no way, not for another year at no. least. No. So, uh, you sent me a link to a robot that brings your printer to your desk. This is this is um, kind of goes, goes back to what, yeah. yeah. What we've been talking to before about you know useless tech. So uh, yeah, this is a Samsung robot that um, the idea is is that instead of you going to the printer when you print when you print a document and the, i think the idea is, is they would have this like in business lounges and airports and stuff like this sure you print the document and rather than print it the robot comes to you and then prints the thing out right in front of you and i looked at this and i thought really and they go oh yeah it's more secure more secure because that way nobody can look at your prints and it's like oh well, there's a problem we've already solved because basically uh, and you know any business worth its salt will have a system where when you send your print so you go to the printer yeah. and hit a button or type in a code. Uh, so if that's a problem, then that's kind of been solved. Uh, and if it in tablets now, most document up on a tablet and they don't need the paper copy. So that's not really a real thing. And it's like, okay, why not just come out and say, this is for lazy people who can't be bothered to go and pick up their prints. I think the concept is cool. It would have been cooler 15 years ago. <laughs> now it's just like, okay, fine. But not, not, not only that, you know how, what this is going to be like. Sure. This is the thing where you put print and the, the printers, the, the robot's going to slowly turn to you and start trundling, kind of like a Roomba across the room. And it's going to bump into things and then laboriously inch its way around them. And then somebody's going to walk in front of it. It's going to stop. And at some point, you're going to say, screw this. You're going to pick yourself up. You're going to go over to it. And you're going to go, give me, give me. You, Well, your, uh, your connection is breaking up bad, David. So we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Next week, one of our big topics, and I'd love to hear um, from you guys out there listening, is we're going to talk about Clash of Clans, its popularity, and uh, what's been going on with iOS gaming because of Clash of Clans? All the different clones. And I would love to hear... This is a game that I wasn't into at all. I actually downloaded it and forgot to install it on my iPad. Uh, I downloaded another game, a clone, basically, that I really enjoyed. And then I realized uh, by reading online that this is actually a Clash of Clan type of game. And that made me go install Clash of Clans on my iPad. And... I'm, I really would like to hear what you guys think. This is going to be a big discussion next week. Uh, so, David, if you haven't got Clash of Clans, it's a free game. Please download it. And I, and if you're interested, I'll send you a link of some of the clones that I've also been playing with and why I want to talk about it. But I think this will be a, an interesting topic. And, cool. uh, you know, it'll be fun. But we do need to wrap up this episode because my wife and children are going to walk in the door. And it's a topic that I think deserves more than a brief five minutes chat so we'll save that to episode 177 are you back in uh, the uk for the next episode i should be yeah. great well i'll look forward to seeing you in one week with a better wi-fi connection <laughs> and uh we can have a, a discussion without you breaking up all the time because that gets annoying for the listeners pretty quickly with that we're going to wrap up tech fan 176 tech fan 
Podcast.com is a website. Please go there. Leave us a comment. If you're in, uh, if you're listening to this via iTunes, please leave us a review on the on the podcast on the iTunes store. We would really appreciate that as well. And we'll see you in one week. <laughs>